facing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Yes, it is. Green light on podcast time once again, and this is a monster episode. It's the monster of all monsters as we look forward to a real treat. And I see uh, in the press saying that uh, Saturday night is the greatest night of the year when it comes to Greyhound racing at the Meadows. And that is a pretty big call in itself, obviously, with the triple treat of Group 1s that we had last week. Uh, the, the top guns during the Spring Carnival is always feature racing, but this night... With the eight heats of the Oz Cup, heats of the Superstays, it doesn't get any bigger. And to discuss that and review what happened last week, you guessed it, Corey Smith's on the potty once again. And Smithy, uh, exciting week, mate. The Meadows must be a buzz. It certainly is, Jim. It's uh, yeah. It, it, to me, it is the greatest night of the year from a pure greyhound racing perspective. I uh, loving, lovingly call myself a, a greyhound nuffy. So these nights where we just get the absolute depth, we uh, they're, they're my absolute favourite. So I'm very excited. And obviously, three group ones on the weekend. You touched on how good were they? Run of the week. It's probably the perfect segue into the most interesting race call I've ever done, Smithy, in the uh, the Tim Lee last week. But the result itself extraordinary, and, and here's how it went down with Wow She's Fast finding a way yet again. Away and racing and jumping well, Kelsey Bale from the inside. Fernando Mick went out hard, he's bursting across and then he fit some trouble at the first corner and Kelsey Bale went through to lead. Raced out by three lengths to Wow She's Fast and then to third, Amron Boy. They're followed by Fernando Mick recovering from She's a Pearl. A long break then to McInerney, Baby JC and Mobile Legend, but Kelsey Bale high rolling. Led by three lengths to Wow She's Fast and Amron Boy. Kelsey Bale now all out, grabbed by Wow She's Fast. Oh my goodness, what a star. Wow, she's fast as won the Tim Lee. Well, there it is, uh, Corey. Wow, she's fast as won the Tim Lee. And, and mate, it was, as I said, it was the strangest race I've ever called in that sense of, I almost just wanted to sit there for a moment and just take in what had happened because she's won two Phoenixes at the Meadows. She's won a maturity. She's won, look, the the list goes on. I think she's won Sapphire launching pad. Like, just just ridiculously good races time after time. She won that match race on Melbourne Cup night. Like, she just has the resume of all resumes. And the way... The way she can time the run like she did to wear down Kelsey Bale but then stave off Amron Boy, who it was a replica of the Phoenix all over again, is, is just extraordinary. That, that's the word I come back to every single time when I describe where she's fast. She is extraordinary. Yeah, exactly right. And, I mean, we all get carried away and say on the, on the night she's... She's the all-time all best and that sort of stuff. But to me, she does belong in that sort of conversation, particularly the last 20 years or so that I've seen Greyhound racing. Like, she's just an absolute freak show. And for Cal and Jackie to just time her um, preparations to perfection, it's just it, it goes to show how good they are at what they do and, and to beat what I consider a, a potential absolute all-timer in Amron Boy a couple of times in the most recent Phoenix and then obviously the Temley as well in just sizzling performances. Uh, you just you, you run out of superlatives. I think I said it when I was doing the presentation. I think I've drawn the short straw here because I don't have any words that I can use to describe it. Yeah, no, that's, that's probably the best way to put it. But what, one thing I've loved about her journey, um, she's overcome the tough draws time and time again. She's also won from the better draws like she had in the Temley. And she seems to 
to to be able to go to that next level when she needs to. Like Kelsey Bale just had them off the bit. Um, and yet, while she's fast, is able to knuckle down and, and go 29.65, which I could be incorrect, but that's about three and a bit lengths quicker than she went to win the Phoenix. So you start to get that feeling that she does what she needs to. It's almost like she knows where the finishing line is. Yeah, exactly right. It's it's like she has a jockey on board that's uh, timing the run to perfection because she just seems to do that and uh, just get the head in front when she needs to. You touched on Kelsey Bale there. The sectionals that she ran, 502.17.50, they just... They just don't do that. Like, that's uh. sort of – like, Fernando Bale probably is the only one that consistently went quicker than that. But you just don't see them run those sectionals and to, uh, yeah, to, to run her down and then stave off Amron Boy. Like, it's just obscene, basically, what she did. It is. Uh, the rookie rebel, Dookie Devil in the rookie rebel uh, was probably always going to happen. Bit of a mouthful that. Glenn Dayton, I love the story. We had him on the podcast for the sale carp and – uh, he went astray there with Dookie Devil when uh, he ended up with a, a ticket for uh, a bit of a misdemeanor. But I think a credit has to be given here to Glenn, who, who's taken the dog away from the track, brought him first up into this race. And not only to him, but to the, to the panel to select this greyhound who is coming off a, uh, an issue like that that he did in in sale. And, and he proved exactly why he should have been there. I, th- I thought that was one of the great training efforts I've, I've seen in a long, long time to come out. First up from any discretion and then win a group one in that style. Um, and it was the win he's been promising to, to give for a long time, Dookie Devil. Yeah, I think it's a major talking point from the three group ones is just the the really, really good training performances that have occurred and they've been in different ways. Um, Dookie Devil, obviously, we hadn't seen for a while and he had that indiscretion, but he always trials fast. He's a fast dog. When he gets in front, his mind is on the job and he's just uh, he's, he's absolute group class. I think I was tipping him for a Hume Cup and I've, I must have jumped off somewhere and along the line and Glenn Dayton said it to me he goes this used to be your favourite dog you used to tip it all the time and you've jumped off and uh, yeah unfortunately I did that at the wrong time I think Jason Adams was one who uh, just kept tipping Doogie Devil and he kept on winning as well. Uh, Zoom top, stagger out, Lee. Just love the story. Drax, Jack Strutt, he's a, he's a young man. He's uh, I think he's just about or he has finished university about six years for some uh, fancy degree. He's a hell of a lot smarter than I am and uh, he's brought up his second group one and and just in stagger out, Lee style, it was, again, just, just so trademark of what she's been doing in the last six to 12 months. Yeah, exactly right. It's a it's a great story. I'd love to see uh, young trainers on the way through just do, doing the hard yards. He travels down from New South Wales. He goes everywhere. Obviously went up to Brisbane and, uh, yeah, two Victorian Group 1s in the hardest racing jurisdiction that we have. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a massive training performance and a credit to him. And what I love about Stagger at Lee is the news in New South Wales this week. Um, I think today it came out that they're reintroducing marathon racing. And I tell you now, if you could pick a greyhound out that's going to run the marathon, um, it would be Stagger at Lee. So I reckon Jack Strutt's just rubbing his hands together. The longest race I've seen in Australia in the last probably year or two um, is that Wagga staying race, which I think was about 770 and they couldn't get anywhere near her. So yeah, I, I'm pretty sure she dominated that race anyway. So if that's the case, uh, Jackie Strutt might have to throw the degree in the bin for a few years and just chase these uh, marathon races. I reckon he'll just win time after time with her. Yeah, exactly right. I, I remember us talking on this podcast mm. about the uh, the Wagga track record that she ran, and we, we kind of laughed a little bit about it, but the uh, the form stacked up, so it'll be interesting to see. I do like the idea of the marathons. There are certain dogs that uh, it'll suit down to the ground, and, yeah, she's definitely one of them. It's a bit of a talking point. I, look, I haven't gone right over that, and I 
look, I've, I've just chatted about it now because this is what a podcast is there for. I'm pretty sure New South Wales are scaling back on 300-metre racing. I'm not 100% sure. I didn't read the article in depth. I just sort of clicked on the link and had a bit of a, a scroll through. What, what are your thoughts on that, Smithy, if, they, if that is the case, if they're reducing? I think it was for maidens and lower grades, they're still running 300s, but then they're, they're scaling them right back for the open class. I... I'm not sure if I agree on it because I think, like the marathon, I think it's good to have all different distances that are going to suit all different types of greyhounds. No, no, I, I like the idea behind it, and I haven't delved too deep into it, but just uh, from the outside looking in, it looks like they're they're trying to put more of an emphasis on 500 meter racing and above, and I think that's definitely what we need to do. That's where all the big races are, and that's where all the big races should be for mine. It's the biggest test for the dogs. It's the biggest test for the trainers, and uh, as owners, I think everyone should strive to have 500 meter plus dogs. There's I- definitely a place for 300 meter racing, and. <laughs> Um, I'd, I'd never ever say that we shouldn't have it, but uh, no, I definitely think putting more of an emphasis on the on the further distances. I think that's a win for everyone. Mm. I just thought it was interesting because, like you say, we all strive to to get 500 meter greyhounds, and I think when we breed a litter, the goal is to win a Phoenix and a Melbourne Cup. But when you breed a litter or you buy a pup, you get what you're given in the sense that if they can only run 330 meters, I, I think there should be still a, a career, you know. That's, that's sort of there for them, especially if they're really good at running that short distance as well. It, to me, it's like like an athlete and saying, well, sorry, you know, Usain Bolt, you, you're not good enough, mate, because 100 metres isn't far enough. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you on that. I mean, the best greyhound I've owned, 121 races and never won above 500 metres uh, for us. But at the same time, Usain Bolt earns more for the 100 metres than like a Craig Mottram <laughs> does for the 10,000, doesn't he? So, yeah, um, you know, there's 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 surf, certain distances that are the premier distances and I think uh, we've kind of transitioned somewhat away from the 500 metre racing with all this great prize money, which is a good thing. There's, there should be great prize money for all dogs, but uh, making sure that the 500 metre plus is is where uh, where all the big things happen, or not all the big things, but majority of the big things and where the, the aspirational races are. I think that's a good thing long term. Saturday's preview. I love a good discussion like that, Smithy. Uh, always good, mate. Always good to... Pull apart things that I haven't really researched either, so I hope that uh, that was correct. But uh, we'll roll on anyway, mate. Uh, I'm going to get Mitchie Bayer, I think, on this podcast as well. There's been a bit of a request to to get the peacock on, and, and he's got a dog running in a heat of the Oz Cup as well. So we'll chat a little bit about that, and um, he promised me that he'll give me his uh, best bet for the program. So stay tuned for that. But now you're, you're going to have to listen to me and Smithy pull this uh, massive, massive night of racing apart. We'll start with race one. Fantabale Superstays, heat number one. I've marked number seven, one of my best three bets of the night. Maureen Susie, I've gone seven on top in the first. I just think she'll speed map into this okay. I'm a little bit concerned about Zarbel because I know the ability of Zarbel, but I think Maureen Susie just loves the Meadows. I absolutely love this race, Jim. This is a this is a race where uh, form experts will have different opinions every single time because some of the big guns are drawn in five, seven, and eight. I've actually landed at the value on the one master of the art, probably more a place-heavy bet, but uh, I like him from the inside, and if some of these big guns from the outside can uh, can get into a little bit of bother early, I think master of the art will run a big one. Hey, credit to you, mate, because the other week I think I said to you when you said a dog, I said, I don't think it can win. I'm almost certain whatever that dog was came out and won that night. Um, it did. And it did. you I, never I gave me... You, you did bring it up, did you? 
No, I haven't brought it no, up. No, I was going to say, you gave me no curry, and I think I deserve it. So I was I was just about to say, I don't think Master the Art can win, and then I thought I might just bite my tongue for a moment because it worked out well for you last time. But I'm not convinced he's going to run out seven, but like you say, he's probably bound to be the leader, and, and he might make his own luck. Race two, heat two of the three heats of the Fandabale Superstayers Sports Bet. Vanderbilt Superstayers. I'm with Stagger Lee. I just think this race will play into the pause and the grip of Stagger Lee to finish with that trademark burst. Yeah, I'm with you here as well. Obviously, the big gun, Mapunga Ruby, drawn out wide once again. I was really keen on her in the zoom top. She couldn't get across. If she jumps a bit better, she certainly can. Stagger Lee is probably going to be unders, considering she went around at $21 plus or whatever she was in the zoom top. But uh, from the inside draw, that's exactly where she wants to be, and she'll be storming home. Cool magic for me in race number three. I think uh, just a bit of a dropping class from that run last week. Um, with Aston Velvet from the inside should be leading and uh, hopefully we can hold on late with quarter running a bit of cover from box three. Second best bet of the night comes up in heat one of the Sportsbet Australian Cup uh, is number one Victor Damien. This is the best dog coming out of South Australia that maybe has ever come from South Australia. Um, I know there's been some good ones like Wormburner in years gone by, but this this boy, what he did at Wendy Park, something special. And there was always a big rap on him in South Australia. I think he won a, a maiden or a low-grade race, and he was running times only a few lengths behind Wow She's Fast, who was over there for that uh, match race series. So there's been huge wraps on him. Um, after four or five starts, I wasn't sure if he's ever going to live up to those, but he is now, and he's trolled quick at the Meadows. He's won the Derby in Sydney like a really good dog, and, um, you know, credit to the Rasmussens. They're willing to travel, and I think they've got a, a genuine superstar here. Yeah, I agree. The, the box draw to me is absolute perfection, but the only query I have with him, he's had 11 starts, he's had eight wins, he's had three of those at the Meadows, three starts, that is, and he hasn't won any of them. So the only time he's been beaten is at the Meadows. We've seen his trial where he went 29-61. He's drawn to perfection. He picks so many boxes. A dollar fifty is too short for me to take, but he's the most likely winner for the night for mine. Yeah, I think um, I reckon he's grown since his win in Sydney. That trip, I reckon, has just done him the world of good because I'm not sure he would have trialled 29-60 before that. But we'll see. Race five, I'm with number four, Baby JC. I just love these greyhounds that come out of these big top-line races like a Tem Lee and then go around the wheat later. They normally prove very, very hard to beat. Yep, I'm with you as well, Baby JC. I think from the inside, uh, sorry, from the middle of the track, she can clear the inside few uh, that haven't been jumping as well as they have in the past, and she just gets clear air, and we saw 29.79 a few starts ago. If she repeats that, she will be winning comfortably. Bit of a contradiction here. I'm, I'm tipping while she's fast because I, I think I'm at the point now where I'll say I'll never tip against her again, um, but I think she's the lay of the night. Um, if she gets into something like 150 or 140, I, I just think that's way too skinny, and you've got to bet to the market at the end of the day and um, I, th- I think if she gets into a price that is silly she's a risk because there's speed with Revolution um, there's speed with Elite Alex um, and Nia Flyers even got a little bit of speed as well. Then you've got the mid-race movers, Captain Larry. He's no slouch and if she was to get posted four and five wide at the first corner maybe it wouldn't work out for her but yeah I'll, I'll tip her on top and I'll say if she gets into a silly price I'd definitely be taking her on. I'm uh, I'm doing something for the first time that I've done on this podcast. I think, Jim, I'm sitting out. I, I cannot go against her, but I absolutely hate the draw for yeah, her. She's, uh, she's going to have to be. She's going to have to be every bit as good as we think she is, which is an absolute all-time great. But um, yeah, from the draw, from the price, if she gets out to two dollars plus, I'm I'm happy to back her. But I don't think we'll see that. So uh, I'm sticking out, staying out of this one. She's the on-top selection if I'm tipping, but punting, I have no interest in this race. If you only had sectional form and her form and her name was, let's say, Smithy's Fast, 
and she didn't have the tag, wow, she's fast, she'd probably be $2.50 in this price, in this race. Agreed. Yep. 100% agreed. That's 100%. what I was getting at before. She's just a champion. Yeah, that's what I was getting at before with that lay thing. I think it's if, they, if they're getting into a price that is silly, then you're, you're better off taking them on than, than being with them. But we'll soon find out. Uh, heat number four, race number seven of the Australian Cup is uh, coming up at 8.37. Look, I, I don't know about this because I think Electrify is going to cause a bit of drama from six. We saw that last week uh, where the Greyhound began very quickly and went for the rails. So I think Action Girls got the speed to lead. And then Indy Fido is the one I'm, I'm leaning to, just hopefully getting the nice truck run behind the speed and, and then hopefully getting the job done. Probably be a decent price too, race seven, number one. I may be overthinking this one, but I'm going a uh, two-bet play in this. I've got Action Girl on top. She went 4.92 not that long ago. If she repeats that, there's nothing that can even go remotely close to leading her. If she doesn't, she's going to find her way into a little bit of trouble because her run-home sectional is uh, is it leaves a little bit to be desired at this sort of grade. But the other one I want to be with is Rockstar Apollo. I liked his mm. trial. I know he only went 30.02. But as you said, Electrified's going to be looking towards the rail. If Rockstar Apollo misses the jump somewhat, heads down to the rail – and uh, there's a bit of bit of mischief on that first turn. I think he could lob in a really nice spot. And I think at the prices, I'm happy to back the two and the four in the race. Race number eight. I'm um, hearing a little bit about uh, Amron Boy and Fernando Mick maybe backing the both of them because I think they're the two class runners in the uh, the fifth heat of the Oz Cup. And I'm leaning to Amron Boy because I think he's a superstar. But again, the draw makes it hard for him. And Fernando Mick might just be able to get the jump from the outside. And he almost got across them in the Temley last week. Yeah, I think if Fernando Mick had got across him in the Temley, he would have given them something to chase. Mm. I know Kelsey Vale went uh, red hot in the first two sectionals, but I think Fernando Mick was uh, he's in that sort of form that I think you can kind of match those sorts of splits and staying out wide, out of trouble at his 100th start, which is an unbelievable training performance from David Gill uh, for him to be still going out this way. I think he's, he's the one that's drawn well, but a bit similar to the way his fast race. How can you ride off Amron Boy? He's just such a serious greyhound. Race nine, I'm tipping McInerney to beat Mobile Legend, the one from the two, but I uh, wouldn't be surprised if Mobile Legend, if he can cross McInerney, he can win this race. I'm going a little bit different here, and it's a, it's a different sort of pressure race, but I've got a big opinion of Ailey Bale, and I think if she can get across to the rail, uh, she's a really big price for, for a greyhound of her calibre. We saw her through the, the bitches-only races where she was right in the market. She's got plenty of... Talent. She probably hasn't shown that as of late. She's probably a 600-metre greyhound um, at a at her best kind of stages and drawn down near the inside. But uh, I think if she can find the rail, McInerney uses plenty of it, and if he causes a little bit of mayhem, she can capitalise. So Ailey Bale at a big, big price is probably my uh, roughie of the night. It was one of the biggest runs you'll see in a heat of that Launceston Cup a few weeks ago as well. Uh, over then to the next race, and on with one here, number two, um, Kelsey Bale, who I thought the run last week was so so impressive in the Tim Lee. I'm actually just clicking through now to see what price she is to win the final. She's $9, so she's the fourth pick to win the Australian Cup with sportsbet.com.au for the next week. Um, therefore, I think she'll win this. Um, but it's not for Amron Boy and wow, she's fast chasing. Two of the... Look, I reckon, I reckon those two are in the top 10, top 15 greyhounds of all time, just about. Um, so with that in mind, it was enormous last week from Kelsey Bell. I did speak to Danny Gibbons post-race uh, when I was leaving as well. I saw him just uh, packing up some uh, some memorabilia from when she won the Silver Bullet, I think it was. And he said, oh, Jimmy, look, I've been a little bit stiff with her. She was she was just not 100% after her last run when she was placed to baby JC. I'm sure he doesn't mind me mentioning this. It was a bit of an off-air chat, but he said, just couldn't get the workload into her the way that I was hoping to. So I think she's going to progress from that run last week and, and we might just see it, the, the Kelsey Bell of old who can really hit the line a bit better. 
Best bet of the night, Jim. I'm not going to mince my words here. She yeah. wins. I think she's drawn to perfection. If she goes even remotely close to matching those first two splits that she put down in the big one last week, she wins this, and she wins this comfortably. She was unbelievable. I know she went 29-79. I spoke to Rebecca Gibbons after the race, oh, and go. she said she'll be spot on next week. So uh, there you go. I think there'll be a little bit of confidence from the Gibbons camp, and, uh, yeah, this is my clear best bet of the night. Inside info. Well, I've just turned this uh, this part of the uh, the preview into inside info there because uh, that's all we're getting at the moment. Uh, you're speaking to Beck Gibbons. I'm speaking to Danny Gibbons. Uh, between us, we got the same news that she should get the job done this week. Race 11, uh, last chance to qualify for the Oz Cup and probably the hardest but easiest race to win, I think, in the sense hardest to find the winner, easiest race to win if you're in there when it comes to the heats of the Oz Cup. I'm with Hilltop Jack number two. I'm with Mortified from the outside. Uh, she came down and trialled at the Meadows, and I'm reliably informed she went like a rocket. So her okay. run at Wentworth Park just recently was probably not uh, not ideal, but she was a dollar sixty favourite in a Group One just a few starts ago. She's full of class. Obviously, obviously she's got to beat the Melbourne Cup winner in Box Three, Yachi Bale, but. Uh, and Dynamic Prince, who's an outstanding dog at the Meadows. He's won seven from 16. But uh, I think if she can get a card across from the outside, she's quick early. She, she runs 29 sixes at Wentworth Park for fun. Um, I'm relatively keen on Mortified from the outside box. Okay, good uh, good inside info again from you, Smith Doggy Dog. That's why we get you on the pod, mate. Uh, you're the man with uh, with all of the spies there at the Meadows. Race 12, I'm with two wheel and go. I'm not really confident, though, because I think I made a, a call in the call last week that she was uh, or he was a little bit flat, uh, I thought, in that 600-metre run. But back to 500, might be ready to go. So number two in the last. Yeah, this is a this is a tough race. This is an open race. If you didn't look at what distance the race was over, you'd probably assume that this was a 600-metre race. A lot of these dogs are probably better over the 600 metres. Um, I'm leaning towards Wheeling Goes Class here as well. Should get a nice cart from uh, Commission, but uh, if they take each other on early, who knows who can win. Hunters, hunting club. All righty, the Punters Punning Club. Uh, gamblers, help if you feel you've got a problem. 1-800-858-858. Uh, never, ga- never gamble more than you can afford to lose. Uh, Smithy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give us 150. Um, as I just said, never gamble more than you can afford to lose. And this is fake money. It's play money. So we can sort of sort of be uh, a little bit more generous with uh, what we spend. But being a big night like this, I've, I've put aside $150 punting money for... Saturday night, and, and, and I thought, mate, you can start it off with how you'd spend that uh, that one fifty three pineapples for the big night. Tell you what, I'm going to start calling you Gareth Hall because he did this to me as well on SEN this morning, gave me a staking plan with no warning, and I had to throw it all together. Um, I, I was going to just have $50 straight out on Kelsey Bale, but what I'll do, I'll have $100 the win on Kelsey Bale, and then I'll split my money. I'll have $30 the win on race seven, number two, Action Girl, and race seven, number four, Rockstar Apollo, I'll have $20 on there as well. So uh, I think Kelsey Bale gets the job done, and we can make a little bit of profit, but uh, hopefully earlier in the race seven, I can I can get a collect out of one of those two. Mate, last time I'll give you and a the chance of one hundred and fifty dollars because you've you've made the uh, the spreadsheet work really hard for it. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm just gonna do a similar thing though. I'm gonna have fifty a win, Kelsey Bale, fifty dollars a win on Victor Damien. Um, and then I'll have 20 bucks each way on race one, number seven. So talk about making a hard spreadsheet. Um, and then I'll have a $10 multi. I'll have uh, $10, the win Moraine Susie, into Victor Damien, um, into Kelsey Bale. I think they're the three that I, I sort of want to base everything around. But going to be huge, mate. I'm really looking forward to, to getting out there on Saturday night. I had a, a really bad toothache last week. I went to the dentist um, 
they've done some tests and they believe the tooth's okay. So, uh, yeah, a little bit more Panadol. Uh, I'll be responsible and hopefully rearing to go for, uh, for Saturday night, mate. So uh, looking forward to it. Well, you look after yourself, Jim, and uh, make sure you get that abacus out for, for your uh, $150 staking plan because I have no idea what you just said. But good <laughs> luck anyway, mate. Hopefully we can both find plenty yeah, of winners. It's like algebra at school, isn't it? Uh, good luck, <laughs> Smithy. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Inside Info. Well, it's a bit of an interstate feel when it comes to Inside Info. It's that time of year where the Interstate Raiders chase the uh, the big prize money and the prestige around a race like the Australian Cup. And, well, a, a trainer who's been going very, very well, Tony and Lisa Rasmussen, in South Australia. They've got a greyhound that might just be a little bit of a superstar. I speak of Victor Damien. We've given him a big push on the podcast already, and Lisa's been good enough to join us. Lisa, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Hey, you must be absolutely tickled pink with this greyhound, Victor Damien. I know from day one the raps were big, but I feel like looking from the outside in, he's he's really taken that next step, especially with that trip to Sydney where he was just so emphatic in the derby. Um, yeah, that really, really surprised. Well, it didn't surprise us um, in all, but like the way he went about things is what surprised us, like just to win by as much as he did and... Yeah, it's just unbelievable. I think we're still trying to come to terms with how good he is or actually could be. So we sort of don't want to spruik him too much because don't want to put the mockers on him. But, yeah, no, we're very, very proud of him, that's for sure. Has he, has he been one that from the moment you started working him, um, you just thought this this could be something that, that is sort of what he's at at the moment? Yeah, um, we were there at Ron and Joan Shadows like two days after he was born with his litter and... He stood, even stood out there. Him and Albie, uh, Victor Albie, are exactly the same and two beautiful blue brindle boys in the litter. And as they grew up, we'd go down there and see them. And, and yeah, he was always the first one up to the gate for a pat in the rearing paddocks and always the one that stood out. Even the photos, we were looking back the other day with the girls and, and he was there front and centre as look at me all the time. So, yeah, I think from day one he knew he was special and, and, um, yeah, then after he got broken in, he came straight back to us and, you know, all reports were extremely good from Dave Knocker, who done a great job with him. So, yeah, just, yeah, put the put him around the track and thought, this is not a pup. Pups don't mm. trial these times. So, yeah, very, very happy. I did hear from my spies that he, uh, he trialled once very, very early on at Murray Bridge and, and he went a hell of a lot quicker than a pup should go. Very much so. Um, the, well, yeah, just... If we, it was a hand slip, but if we put him out the boxes, he probably would have broken the track record by point two or point three easily. So yeah, yep. And how would he rate in the the time that you've been involved? Like obviously, he's an absolute star. He would probably be the best you've had in the time you've been involved. Oh, by far the best we've ever had. I think what um, people like being in South Australia realise we don't get sent dogs that good to mm. train. So for us to have gotten a dog of this capable capabilities had to have been bred here and we're just fortunate enough that we're doing all the work with the Victor dogs and, you know, just that's just worked out wonderfully for us to be able to keep him and, yeah, do this journey with him now. Mm. And, and absolutely no disrespect at all to Adelaide Racing, but you you are right. They're, 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 when people get a fast dog, they generally either go to Melbourne or Sydney to chase the, yeah. the big races. And, yeah, and I guess... That's where the money's at, yeah. yeah and I guess for you, like, like, when you go to Sydney with a greyhound like him and... I guess it would have been a massive relief when he when he did what he did because you knew he was trialling so fast, but but he's winning those races in Adelaide where maybe the depth isn't what it is on the Eastern Seaboard. But to go to to 
Sydney and, and do what he did, you must have just been so tickled pink because you, you know the dog's ability, but to come out and do it on the big stage must have just been so nice to see. Oh, it was. It sure was. Um, I think I, when I did a, a talk with uh, Divinity Ma with, on the Greyhound Girl that was before the, the derby, um, we, I was saying to her, I remember that we, we were slightly not disappointed but kind of, well, I suppose disappointed is the word, that he didn't do what we thought he would do when he went to Melbourne for the Silver Chief. But in hindsight, we know now that we should have given him a look at the track first and not put him in blind and being the puppy that he was, I think that trip actually made him to come mm. back and then we stepped back a bit and then started him again. Well, luckily they had the Vessel of Fire series, which was a one-to-five win series at Angle Park. So we put him in that and he just that just gave him all the confidence in the world, which then spoke with confidence to say, yeah, you have got it. Yeah. Young man, you are worthwhile <laughs> going. So we made the trip to Sydney. Yeah. So, yeah. And it worked out so, so very well. We yeah. all know what he did in the yeah. final over there as well. Yeah. Look, I, we realised too he's got to step up in open class as well. Like that was age-restricted. But being age-restricted boys race, I think that's harder going into than like an age-restricted bitches race because there's a lot more buffeting and a lot more, you know, that all the boys are a bit more forward than what the girls are at that stage. So, yeah, I think that's – um kind of helps us a little bit. We'll see how he goes on Saturday night, though. And ahead of Saturday night, you've made the decision to come over and trial recently. Trialed very, very quickly. And I, I guess for, for people sitting in the pub who just sit there and watch the races, they, they probably don't realise that a trainer like you and, and Tony, you've, you've, you've elected to drive all of the way from Adelaide, um, no prize money, no pay at all, to, to trial this greyhound on their own effectively around the meadows to try and increase your chances when it comes to, to a race like this. So there's that massive amount of commitment involved to, to get a good dog and, and do the best with them. Yeah, there is. Um, and, yeah, you've, we were lucky in that we took two other dogs as well that day, which we raced, um, Miss Scallywag and Mally Magic, but Mally Magic unfortunately tore his triangle muscle, so he's out for a little while. But Miss Gallybag, she was in those grade five series, um, which the final was going to be on the Australian Cup preliminaries night because we still weren't sure at that stage whether he'd be top 56 because you never know who nominates and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So, um, But unfortunately, she missed the kick a little bit. So, yeah, but he made up for it for sure by actually trialling what he trialled and made that trip worthwhile, that's for sure. And you, your involvement in the sport of greyhound racing, ever since I've been involved, I've looked at uh, Angle Park on a on a Thursday night at the uh, the name Lisa Rasmussen, quite prevalent in the uh, the form guide. So you've been around for, for some time. Yeah, we have. Um, my dad had dogs since I was six, so um, been in it for a while. And then I sort of went out of it, you know, as you do when you hit your teenage years and. I was riding horses at the time and Tony came over from New Zealand and he was riding horses as well, um, doing eventing and stuff. And that's actually how we met. So um, I've been with Tony since I was 16. So it's a long journey in that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we, uh, dad still had dogs and we ended up buying this property here and, and mum and dad moved in with us at the start and had a few dogs and sort of then we got the bug and um, yeah, March 1998 is when we got here and sort of haven't looked back since. Well, things are flying at the moment on your way to, yes. a, to an Australian Cup with Victor Damien. Uh, just before we let you run, the draw itself, box number one, you're happy with that, are you? Oh, I couldn't be happier. Um, the only thing is I did hear, I don't really know much about the dogs over there, So, but I did hear on another podcast that the two and the three have got a bit of pace. So. Yeah. Hopefully he can um, either hold them or just sneak up behind them and get the sit and 
make his way through. Yeah, I was just speaking to Corey Smith when we previewed, and, and I think he sort of believes Vader Bale in three will have the pace to cross and lead, and then you'll sit leaders back, and then yeah. she, she just doesn't have the finish that you have. Well, I hope that's that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and moving forward, what's the uh, the dream? Is it to win firstly an Australian Cup, or is there a particular race that you'd love to uh, to win moving forward? Oh, look, look, any group race is wonderful, and it's a privilege and it's an honour. Um, things like the Phoenix and the Sandgroper to be asked to be in it is an honour. Um, yeah, just things like that. Just anything would. It's just a, a journey. He's a dog in a lifetime for us, and. We'll just keep the journey going nice and slowly and see where we end up. It is a great journey. Good luck with everything with uh, with the big boy, Victor Damien, moving forward. But I promise this is the last question as I let you go. Uh, okay. 13 greyhounds racing at Angle Park tonight. I'm going to do my best to get this podcast out to the listeners prior to race number one. Have you got some for us that we might be able to make a small dollar on <laughs> in Adelaide tonight? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, probably Victor Albie in, I think he's race three or four, the yep. juvenile race. Race three, number um, eight. Yes, that's the one. He would probably be our best tonight. Um, hoping Queen of Scotch can win the St. Ledger. Um, but as as you saw in the Futurity final she made up there at Wentworth Park, she drew box two there and, mm. and just went straight off the track. So hopefully she's got enough pace to clear these ones tonight and, cut, and run up the track. And she went best the night last week. So, yeah, fingers crossed for her. Um, yeah, that's probably the best too. Well, could be a big uh, big few days for the kennel. Good luck, Lise. We appreciate you coming on. And, yeah, let's get Victor Damien home on Saturday night. I'm cheering for him. Thank you. Inside Info. Well, I'm not really sure this is inside info. It's more like backed by popular demand. The punters want the peacock, so the peacock is here on the podcast. Hello, Mitchie. Hello, Jimmy boy. Yeah, I don't know about backed by popular demand, but uh, it's good to be a part of the number one Greyhound Racing podcast in Australia. Hey, I'm just shocked, mate, uh, as much as you are. I, I literally have had some people messaging saying we want to hear more of the Peacock on the podcast. So as I said uh, on the last episode, mate, I'm not too sure if that's just you with fake uh, names and fake accounts uh, dialing in and, and sending me those messages. But uh, either way, mate, you're back by popular demand. And you're not just back for a chat. You've also got Peacock going around in a heat of the Oz Cup. So you must be uh, pretty excited, mate. The Greyhound that's named after you. I, I don't know too many people that have got the confidence to name a greyhound after themselves and and then have a good one like this, mate. He's going well, the boy. Yeah, I don't have any bowler accounts, mate, and I'm definitely not paying <laughs> any people to, uh, to message in either. I'll tell you that right now. But, uh, yeah, we uh, we thought we'd throw him in. And uh, the dogs, he's going all right. Uh, Dave Plumridge has done a fantastic job with him. Look, to be honest, uh, when you draw where she's fast mm. and she's drawn outside, you looks like we're going to make the race for where she's fast. We're mad for the fence. I uh, would have loved an inside draw, but um, to be a part of the race uh, or singing about having a greyhound in the race in the first place is uh, something big. And then obviously to to draw in one of the heats is uh, is massive. And yeah, just to be a part of it, I've never had a dog uh, in this sort of field before. So um, I know, yeah, Plummy will be pretty excited to be towy uh, before <laughs> beforehand putting the dog in the box. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's great to be a part of a race this big and. To be lining up next to where she's fast, I think that's probably uh, a bigger story in itself. I, mean, I reckon Plummer will have, uh, David Plumridge I speak of, will have drool coming out of his mouth just looking at where she's fast as she goes into box seven. Uh, the two and a half million dollar earner beside Peacock. Mate, put your uh, punting hat on. Is there one that you like on the uh, the each way for the, the 12 races on Saturday night that you think's worth a play? I do uh, like one each way, Jimmy, and uh, that is race six, number one, Whitley Bale. Uh, it's around the $6 mark in the Delbridge cl- uh, camp, and 
I know it's got Kung Pao Kevin drawn outside it, but I think this Greyhound uh, loves the inside draw going really well, and I reckon it's a, a smoky to make it through to the final. All right, mate, put your sports bet hat on now. Give us the uh, the market for the uh, the all-in for the Oz Cup, the top top few guns there. Uh, so, obviously, uh, where she's fast is the Greyhound uh, that they're all talking about, and for the all-in market, the other one is Amron Boy, and don't forget Victor Damon. So, I'll run through a couple. Amron Boy, $5 in from 14 That's a monster move. Victor mm. Damien, $15 in to five. Now, Obviously, Drew Box one is a dollar fifty. He looks like he'll make his way through, but that trial the other day probably cemented that he's up with some of these. And then, wow, she's fast nine dollars into five fifty. Uh, Kelsey Bale is your next one at nine dollars, and Revolution tens, baby JC fourteens. But really, it looks a race in three at the moment. They're the three greyhounds under five dollars fifty. I'm on boys with the Damien. Wow, she's fast. All right, mate. Uh, what about the Superstayers? Three heats of the Superstayers, and I want you to give me the top few players there, and then I want you to give me an all-in selection on both of the races. Uh, so, the all-in market. Corborn Magic, $6 into $4. It was a good run the other day. Moraine Susie, $14 into $4.80. That's a big, big go, Mapunga mm. Um $8 into $6.50. Stagger out, Lee. What a great end. This is a great story for Jackie Strutt. I love seeing uh, just the emotion after he wins a big race. And $15 into $9. And Zarbel, 26 into nines. And yeah, look, there's probably a couple of smokies. I think Quarter's a great end that can lead him up for a long, long way. It's $21. Um, Shazani on its day is a greyhound that you don't know what's going to turn up but it's got the ability to run some slick time so it's at 81s but I think for the all-in market uh, it's pretty hard to go past Moraine Susie I think at $4 mm. I think it smashed it I just think this greyhound will be timed to absolute perfection by Brendan Purcell I agree mate and the Oz Cup all-in market who would you tip as the, the, the runner to beat right now? Uh, I'd probably say Victor Damien based on yeah. the box draw and I think uh, Whitley Bale May well be one at odds, and then I also do not mind uh, the Bobby Axelrod. Yeah. He's got a bit of speed. I reckon he might be a chance of leading them up, and uh, the run at Ballarat was very impressive. Mm, there you go, you mate. You've answered all of my questions absolutely perfectly. Can you do me one more favour? Can you wrap up the show? I normally say something like, you know, thanks for listening to the podcast. Big night of racing. Good luck and happy punning. Can you can you give me something like that, mate? And I'll play some background music. I can. I'll just give you one best bet for the program. Race 7, number 2, Action Girl. I think this greyhound will lead for a long, long way. And uh, Mitch Abayat, James Vandermatt, the number one greyhound racing podcast. <laughs> Green light on. Thanks for joining us. Oz Cup Superstay Special. <laughs>